Well, first of all, my first job, I finally found out there's a site called rubmaps.com. That's what you were working. You didn't realize it. No, it's a place. <laughs> it's a website that you can look up, and it's like the Yelp of happy endings. Whoa! And I didn't realize that the place that I worked at was listed under this site. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and they have some really high end spas that are on this site. Holy shit! I, I didn't. I gotta write that down. Rub map. Are you looking for a spa that specializes? Well, you in never know when you need a rub map. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Welcome to the Karen Lee. Oh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome to that Karen Lee Potter show. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm looking at you. I'm thinking about your show. Okay. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Potter, and I'm Karen Lee Potter. And this is fucking. Hey, hold on. I'm moving my mic around. That's terrible. Now you can move the mic around. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Potter, and I'm Karen Lee Potter. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees. With a sex expert cougar mom and her stand-up comic son, and uh, to... the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what decade that song was from. By I don't the way. know why you keep doing it. I don't even. I don't either. I just have to. It's like a, it's like an, a compulsion. It's a tick. Now sort. people don't know what they're listening to unless you're doing that. Right. Exactly. So today we had such an awesome talk. I we mean, have Christopher Smith Bryant, also known as Chris Bryant, on the show. On the, otherwise known as Tender Chris on Instagram. And, and those pictures on Instagram are absolutely hilarious. Yeah, if, you, if you're interested, go, to, go check out Tender Chris's Instagram. You will find out exactly. Don't even tell. Don't even. You have to go there. To I'm going to say what, he, he is a Belfi enthusiast. Okay. You got to figure that out for yourself. <laughs> okay. Suffice it to say, he's hilariously funny. He's very funny. He's a stand-up comic friend, and uh, he gets into what it's like to grow up in a very conservative North Carolina family uh, as a gay man. Yeah. Well, he wasn't out at that time. He just came out after he left and went to L.A., where he was much more readily accepted. Yeah, it was a fascinating story. And then I still uh, see you have a phallic symbol on the back on the poster in the back of your wall. Mom, you gave me the poster. You <laughs> gave know, me I that poster. I didn't realize how phallic that sign is. <laughs> it's, it's not. Really it's not that phallic. It literally okay. is just a billboard. All right. Well, every time I look at it, I see a giant penis sticking up there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, maybe that's a way to get women. You know, you bring them in your room and you have just a, remind them penis on your wall. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so back, to, back to our interview. It was great. It was a great interview, and uh, I, I think you you guys will very much enjoy. It. Also, just to, so everyone knows, it gets a little real towards the, the first half of it. It really he uh, we get deep, but then uh, light it lightens up, and we hear a little bit about his day job as a massage oh, therapist. And that, that is, very, and you got a little story that Cam told about his experience getting a massage. So we, I'm not going to give too much of that away either because you just got to listen to it. All right. So Here, without further honey. ado, let's let him have it. Yeah. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. Oh, damn it. You did it now. I, I can't believe you did it. Damn it. Jeez. Well, Mother, meet Chris. Chris, meet my Hi. Mom. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. Very, very excited to meet you because I heard a little bit. Of, I, I heard, I saw two episodes of your stand-up, and you are funny as heck. Oh, thank you. 
Every- have you seen, you've seen Cameron stand up, right? I have seen Cameron's. <laughs> what Many happened? Times. What happened when you actually saw Cameron like doing sets about you or whatever? Were you happy about it? Yes. Because my mother was like pissed sold, off. Oh, he sold more of my books uh, than I've ever sold. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I, I, w- I wanted to buy your book after I heard a set about you. I was like, I need a, I need a cougar's guide to getting out there. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anybody can benefit from it. It's all, it's not just about cougars. It's about anyone looking to find their passion, that kind of thing. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty passionate about my passionate book. Okay. All right. Well, so let's introduce Chris, Chris Smith, Christopher Smith, Brian. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Whatever. Chris Brian. Welcome to the show. Cool. We did it. (laughs) I'm here. How did you guys meet each other? You two funny dudes. Uh, We met each other through stand up. Uh, I think I booked you on like, like when did you? Yeah, you started, you started booking me. Yeah, I started booking him for shows, and then I saw his set talking about you. And then when he said that he was doing this podcast, I think I emailed like on Facebook immediately. I was like, I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> both of you don't have a choice. I'm definitely doing this podcast. Yeah. Oh my god! And, and really, uh, your mom—the way you talk about your mom and your stand-up is hilarious. I mean, she actually sounds like you're an advocate with when she helped you out when, with a breakup and by. I don't want to do your stand-up because I'm going to screw it up big time. But I mean, she's just, really, she's yeah. really interesting. And I think people think I'm exaggerating until they actually go on my Facebook and they get verbally assaulted by her. <laughs> and then they're like, I, she wasn't joking. My friends thought I was joking. And then there was this one time, I think she came to one of my shows with a boa and a tiara. <laughs> And she had one of our mutual friends taking pictures of her the entire day like they were paparazzi. Oh, my God. And I was just like, this is... I gotta meet your mother. This is my kind of woman. Oh, no. Where? Wait, so where are you from? She. Uh, we're from North Carolina. I've been out here in L.A. for seven years. Like, as soon as I turned 18, I'm like, I'm moving. <laughs> that has to be a very dramatic difference from where you grew up. It really was at first. I mean, I didn't... Uh, this is before I came out as gay. So, like, I came out to L.A., and then I had to figure out that I was gay because it's so closeted because North Carolina, we grew up in the Bible Belt. Like I have family there in the KKK. Like it is a Holy very, shit. yeah, very different envir- environment. So, um, I got to hear about the KKK, but let, let's get into this. Wait a second. So you didn't, you did not realize you were gay or you were just so, I was so sexually right? cut off. I didn't know, like, I didn't even know how to masturbate until I was like 20. How did you learn? I finally, I think it was the first time that I was with a guy, I was like, oh, like, that's how you do it. Like, I didn't realize <laughs> somehow stupidly, like, I used to dry hump things, but I didn't realize, like, how to actually, I'm so, I thought wow. we we're just, well, this is this, this is, this is oh, what this we is do, exactly right? Okay, do. cool. Yeah, yeah this is called it. Masturbation um, 101. I thought we would just start right, with first. masturbation talk. It um, is literally our first episode, yeah, so I had, keeping in line. I had no, I had no idea for some reason, then he did it, and I was like, oh, like, that's how, how you do it. Like, you choke it. It must have felt a lot better than you humping a pillow. Yeah, it was, it was a lot better than me humping a pillow, which is what I, well, I already just have wet dreams, like, because we, we grew up in a way where masturbation was wrong, and it was like a sin, so they're... Yeah, well, how, let's go into that a little bit. How did you know what, what, what actually happened? Did people say to you, just in case you're thinking of touching your wee wee, don't do it because it's wrong? What was the exact terminology they used? Um, did they use wee wee? 
They didn't use Wee Wee, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Some people did. It was I was actually a big part of the abstinence program growing up. Because oh. that's what you do when you're gay and in the Bible Belt, you are the head of the abstinence program. <laughs> I was like, they're like, why aren't you dating girls? I'm like, no, I'm just, I'm dating God. I'm just dating God <laughs> and saving myself for... for... Oh, okay. So, but I mean, someone must have indoctrinated you into this what line of thinking. I, I grew up Christian. My family was very religious, but also just in the South, everyone's very religious. Gotcha. Yeah, every it's just it's more. So that's being promoted then. So any viewers or listeners, it's promoted that in the South you don't masturbate. Well, I also you have to. I grew up in the because uh, is the Bush the George Bush is uh, what was it the um, he had the abstinence programs like they they were funding the abstinence programs really hardcore during school so. Yeah. It was something that's kind of taught in in school, and it was also just taught that it was just like that it was wrong, or that there, you know, that there's something, you know, very uh, that 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 was something that you shouldn't do. More so, they were more so about about you know with girls, of course. Um, but no, yeah, I don't know why. Of course, yeah. why would they be more so with girls? Because they're oh, because it's very sexist, and okay. of course, it's like for for. For religious people, they're always more harder on girls and women's purity than they are on men because of years of sexism and, you know, everything that's taken place. So, really? Yeah. There, I think See, it's something you're about. It's a little different. It's a little different than, uh, I guess, the big cities. A little bit. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> okay. bit. Yeah. I, there, there's definitely a lot of sexism. I think girls had it a lot, a, a lot worse, and there was a lot more the the scare tactics that they would use against women but then at the same time it's like then they would be wondering why so many there are so many teen pregnancies yeah and it's like because you weren't teaching really anything about safe sex you were just teaching abstinence and of course no one was following it so that's why there's so many teen pregnancies so then what so you move on here yeah and at that point are you still practicing abstinence and no masturbation um i I think I started looking at porn when I started looking here, like when I started moving, you know, moved to here. And it's so weird because I didn't really realize like gay was a thing. Like I thought it it was this horrible, horrible sin. So to see people that were like outwardly gay, I was just like, like, what is this? Like I, (laughs) it just didn't, I don't know how to explain it, but just growing up the way that we did, gay people were like, it was like seeing a, ter- like a terrorist on TV. Like, that's how we saw gay people from afar. Like, oh it, my it's God. so funny. It's, I would probably have the same reaction if I met a KKK member. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we didn't see KKK. I just kind of like slowly figured out. I was like, huh, those my family are, those... they're going to meetings awfully late. You know what <laughs> I mean? They come, where are all our bed sheets? Yeah. <laughs> they're all missing. Yeah, it's I mean, it's really difficult. I think I actually have more trouble dealing with my family's racism than than anything else, because they're more racist than they are homophobic. Oh, interesting. Like my family, I think if I came home to my extended family with a guy, they would be more okay with that than they would be if I came home with like a black girl. They're very, very racist. And and what would happen if you came home with like Sammy Davis Jr.? (laughs) (laughs) I I think they would die. Who's Jewish? Well, I mean, seriously. I would be you... really happy, but I think they would be 
uh, they would be, they would probably just die, like fall over and die. They burn a cross on your lawn, that kind of thing. No, I think they would, they would light themselves, like they would put themselves on a cross and light that on fire. Like, so how aware are they of you being gay? It's like a don't ask, don't, I, I just think they don't, my extended family, not my mom and my dad, but my extended family is just something that we don't really talk about. But I don't really, t- I see them like once for Christmas, like once a year. And the only reason I do that is till my grandma, till she passes away. And then I probably won't ever see these people again. Wow. You know, like the only reason I see them is because my grandma doesn't really have anyone. So I want to see my grandma and my extended family is usually there. But I mean, after, it's after. So, it's so messed up. I mean, it sounds like Rochelle, who was on, I don't know if you heard our podcast a few well, he knows weeks Rochelle ago. As well. Oh, you know, yeah. Michelle, and her, her with her her upbringing in a cult, or it's whatever they call that, I couldn't pronounce it. But anyway, the same kind of idea where you actually feel like you have to leave your family if you're going to be having any kind of normal life. Yeah, life. I, I think for me has a lot to do with leaving them. Um, trying to get away from like to from feeling all that shame and feeling like I can't be like these people, like these picture perfect people. Who are not perfect. They're really racist and horrible. But growing up, you think like this is the ideal man. This is the ideal woman. Mm. Um, it sounds like some, like a stork just dropped you in a diaper on your parents' doorstep. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it is really weird though. Though I'm, I'm actually kind of happy that I was raised that way because I think a lot of people don't, especially like in LA, they don't realize how homophobic and racist the South is. Like they see it on television. Like, I was actually able to live it in an experience, so I know that there are areas that a black person still... There are roads and areas that a black person still can't walk into this day without fear of losing his his life. Whoa. You know, because people are still... There's so, there's so many problems... There's so many areas in the United States that are still, like, 1940s and 1950s, and even though there are no laws protecting it, it's like, it's just... It, there's... They still keep it that way in that bubble. So, so let me ask you this. I, I imagine it must have taken a long time, and I, I bet it's still an ongoing thing to mm-hmm. get over these prejudices and that were kind of ingrained within you. I think growing up gay, I didn't know that I was gay, but I was knew that I was different, and that, and also the fact that I I switched from a Catholic school to a school that was that was. It's so bizarre. The school that I went to, it was half black and half white, and. There were honors classes, which are the the classes for, you know, the the talent, like the gifted or whatever that m- more white people would go to. And there were standardized classes that would fill up being with... And it's, it's weird because it's kind of the education system put people in those categories. Hmm. I was not very smart, so I didn't end up in the honors class. Like, I just couldn't do it. So I ended up actually when I was in high school going to school with a um with actually a lot of with a lot of black and asian people and it really um it, they were so so much more accepting than you know the white people that that I grew up with that it really it wasn't that it opened my my eyes but it it made me see like okay everyone in in my family maybe they're wrong like maybe mm. maybe they're, they don't like something about me. They don't like something about these people. And they seem, you know, totally right. They don't like something about me. Maybe I'm all right, too. So it's re- really interesting that being able to to be friends with a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, minorities. Yeah, my, or, yeah, from different groups. 
it it kind of opened my eyes to realize like oh like maybe there's something like not wrong with me either if they're prejudicing against these people and they're totally fine if they think something's wrong well maybe i'm okay too hmm did, so, that, did that create resentment again for you against it's your family really hard i my mom was really homophobic for the longest time and now she's switched where she's She's still slightly homophobic, but she's also an advocate as well. Like, it's, she'll say things that are really homophobic that she doesn't, you know what I mean? Because she was brought up that way, but she's still, she's trying so hard to be super accepting. Yeah. And it's hard for me to be able to forgive everything that she said that was really hurtful. And how, I mean, she said, when I came out, it was the worst, one of the worst situations of my life. And, uh, so how, first of all, how old were you when you came out? I was, um, I think I was 21. Yeah, I was 21 when I came out to so my... You moved out to eight, at To 18. LA at 18, and then it took me a while to come out to myself. It took me until I was like 20 to come out to myself. Because I was still experimenting with girls and stuff, too. Like, I was figuring out kind of what... I was like, w- w- what do I like? Because I was so sexually repressed, I had no... It takes a while to kind of figure that out. Um, so were your parents, like, over the years, like... Why aren't you going on a date with, you know, Julianne or, you know what I'm saying? Are they trying to wonder why you weren't so into I think, girls? My, oddly enough, my mom's so protective that she was just happy that there was no other girl to, to compete with. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. So I think she was just happy that there was no one to compete with. So she didn't really question anything. I came out when I was 20, 21, I think. It's so, it's so hard to remember. You know what I mean? Because, uh, but... I mean, it was really just one of the worst. My mom and I didn't talk for for like a like a few months afterwards. Did how did you, was it in person that you came out with them? I randomly got the courage to tell them like over uh, a therapy after a therapy session. Decided to tell them while driving, which was not a smart thing to do. What um, <laughs> you were driving home and say, "Hey, mom, guess what? Yeah, I, am gay. I was like, I need to tell you this. Like, I'm gay and." Uh, no, it was, I mean, it was a really, uh, really painful, like, reaction. Like, what, what she said was, uh, was just real, I mean, she was really, uh, she just said anything hurtful that she could, which was, Whoa. and then we didn't talk for, uh, we didn't talk for months afterwards. Like, like, what was she saying that was so hurtful? Um, I was, uh, molested as a kid, and, uh, she's like, well, I don't see why you had trouble getting molested as a kid. Like, why do you oh have a problem God. with that? Whoa. And I was just like... That's bizarre. Oh, man. That's that's very bizarre. I was like, I th- I knew... Yeah, and I knew that it was going to be bad. But I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's probably the most hurtful thing you could say to someone. Yeah. So... Yeah. It, it really... It's blaming the victim. It's, just, it's, it's horrendous. Yeah. And then we didn't talk for months afterwards. Um... And then, like, a, I think it was, like, three months afterwards, she sent me, like, a picture of high heels, and she just said, do you want a pair? And, uh... Oh, my God, we're getting so hostile, my God. <laughs> yeah, she was super hostile at first. So, I think, for me, talking about resentment, it took me so long to, like, let... There's this, like, cr- this thing like that I was raised with this Christian forgiveness type of thing that isn't real of just saying like, I forgive you and move in, but never actually forgiving them. And it took me a a long time to actually like learn, like to actually learn to let go of things and to learn to let, like to see the good in her and to see like, this is just like the way that she was raised. 
and she can't see anything out of her box. So that's mm. why she was trying to be hurtful. Man. Yeah, Ugh. that's so very, uh, very kind of you. I don't think it's kind. I think it's just you can't live with resentment. Like it right, hurts you true. as a, yeah. it hurts you at the end of the day as yeah. a person. And it's something that it just builds up. So it was just something that just took time for me to let go to just, and just, I, I think the thing is just seeing things in another person's point of view too. Yeah. It's very challenging, especially at such yeah. a young age. Yeah. Well, 21. So it took me, I mean, it took me until I think the past like two years to kind of like get over it. How old are you now? 27. Okay. Yeah. So, um, what, what, what helped you get through that? Therapy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's therapy. what I was going to say. Therapy or like the serenity prayer or something. I, I don't know. That, that's, it's so one of those of things that it's not something that you can do. Like, you, you can't say a prayer and it's going to get out. Like, it just takes time. No, no. The serenity prayer is, is, is different. It's from like, uh, addiction meetings, you know, the 12 step. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's like a God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And apparently you followed that to the T. A lot of it is just trying to step into another person's shoes and seeing things their way and seeing how they just have never had why she reacted those ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, she was obviously raised in an even more uptight environment than you were. Yeah, and I think she felt at the time, because I was coming out as gay, that I was abandoning her. And it kind of struck up a lot of her abandonment issues Mm. and... You know, she's abandoned by her father at a young age. So I think that's why she became so hostile and so hurtful because she, it sparked up her abandonment issues. Hmm. So once I started seeing things in that way, I'm like, okay, well, this is why she was so hurtful because she was scared of being, of being left. Yeah. Man. Um, Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do. Are your parents together? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Cause sometimes I'm like, I don't know if they should be together or not, but they are together. Yeah. You haven't mentioned your dad yet. It's, did you have to come out to, did you come out to him at the same time? Yeah. I came out to my dad afterwards and he was just like, you know, he's like, I'm disappointed not in you, but in this situation. And it, it was still hard to hear, but it wasn't nearly as hurtful. And my dad yeah. and I talked for a while afterwards. Are you close with him now? Um, yeah, I'm really close to both of my parents. I talk to my parents like every other day. Really tight. That's awesome. Um, it just, it took a, it just took a long time of forgiveness. And I think it took a long time for them to have a lot of understanding about things as well. Do you have siblings? No. Which is unfortunate because all the focus was on me. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And that may be the abandonment thing too, because there were no other kids. Yeah, no other kids, and I think they really wanted grandkids, and I think they had... No, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, but that's still, at this point, in this day and age, it doesn't mean you're not having grandkids. It just means that you might not actually conceive. Yeah, I don't think I, I... I don't even think I want to... I would want to adopt, oddly enough. Like, I want... I feel like being gay, it's, it's kind of a cool situation because you get to give someone else a chance that, you know, might not have had a chance otherwise. Hmm. So I think you kind of have to take whatever comes and you have to make the best of it. And for me, I don't I feel too narcissistic, like just wanting my DNA, you know, my genes to go on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, I guess it's part of life, but I'd rather give someone else a chance, like in a house that wouldn't have it otherwise. Mm. Well, well, that's what I meant when I said that, like whoever you adopted, that would be your child. Yeah. 
Uh, they so unfortunately, I don't know if they'll ever see it that way because they it's it's something weird about wanting their their DNA or something. You know, what ah. I mean? you're saying you don't yeah, think yeah. your parents are going to see it. Is yeah, because yeah. it's still like an adoption. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they'll be happy either way because they definitely want grandkids, but. Yeah, we'll I mean, see. think about it. I mean, what if what if you and your wife couldn't conceive? I mean, that happens. They'd have to accept an adopted child. So, yeah, I think oddly enough, I think it's so horrible how even in Southern societies, when a wife can't conceive, they get really a lot of families get really angry and resentful towards the woman who can't conceive. Whoa, you know, what if it's the guy's fault, or like the the, the guy is just impotent? Uh, I, I don't know. I just know that a lot of times, like, I saw it just growing up that they would get, like, families would get really hostile with the woman if she wasn't able to conceive. Wow. It's really bizarre, just that world, like, how back, like, how backwards yeah, things it's, are. Yeah, it's so, it's so different than, like I say, the big city that, you know, I mean, I'm, we're not in the big city. I, I, I grew up in the suburbs of the big city in Chicago, but I, I just can't imagine that way of thinking it actually goes on. And it, and I keep, you know, and of course it does, but it's just it, to hear it like expressed the way you've been telling it. It's just, it's not like a cult. It's not like a s- small little environment. It's like pervasive among all, well, of your, where you grew up. And they just have, they've had no reason to go outside. These are people who will live in that town. They will never move away from that town. They have no reason. And no one moves to that town that opens or changes people's perspectives. Yeah, right, so right. So there's just no reason for it to change. So how... Now, how... Do, wait a second. I do one other question about the town. So do your, did your parents tell the people in the town that you... Um, did they acknowledge that you're gay? To the, you know, do they say, oh, I have a gay son? Or they just don't even talk about it? My mother finally, for the last year, has finally started to start telling people. They, I mean, they recently had a homophobic shooting at, um, a, they have, we have a community college at my hometown, and they just had a neo-Nazi that killed, um, is like a, in the closet, but he was a gay professor. Whoa. And uh, everyone, of course, like a lot, like the his parents, the neo-Nazis' parents, they were all on his side, and they're like, "Well, the the gay man must have made him feel uncomfortable, or this and that." Oh my god! But it started a huge <laughs> wow. conversation in my hometown, and I think it's caused my mother to, you know, to start speaking out. And it's also cool for her because now that she's spoken out, a lot of other towns members are starting to say, like, "Hey, I actually have a gay or lesbian child too." Like, a lot of people are finally opening up about it. Wow. Um, and it, it's surprising how many people there, you know, have gay and lesbian. They, you know, obviously their children don't live there anymore. <laughs> they moved off to any big city they could. But other people... Well, it's just... kind of dangerous to your lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> after seeing that shooting, I was like, oh my God. Like, I knew it was dangerous. I mean, I... I I was in scary situations growing up, but seeing like just a shooting like that, where someone would come in with a gun and just like at a, in a, at a school, like that was scary to me. How big is this town and how it's, common it's, are these towns in the South? My town, it's really hard to explain because it's really, it was really spread out. So I think it was like maybe like 80,000 people, but it was really like in farms over a very big distant area spread out, if that makes any sense. Uh-huh. So they have like a little like community set, like with a, they have like a Walmart and a little community college and they have like that, you know, like a little center that everyone from all these farms will drive, you know, an hour to, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, an hour and a half of just scattered farms and a county that people kind of 
Is this pretty typical of the South outside of major cities? Mm, it depends. There are some parts of the South that are actually really open-minded, and then there are, like, some towns that are the opposite, that, you know, small towns that are just these closed-off little little bubbles or, or worlds, you know? And I think that's kind of what, what my hometown was, is it was um, it's a closed-off little world. Wow. So, so what made you come out to Los Angeles? What what drew you specifically to Los Angeles? Um, I wanted to go to the biggest city. I wanted to move as far away from home as possible. Uh, and it's a big city. It's a. It's actually affordable. LA is very affordable. Um, you can you can make a good living here. And uh, so, what do you do? You you're a stand up comic. Is that a full time gig, or do you have another day job? I do massage therapy during the day. I would yeah. not have guessed that. <laughs> it's the weirdest combination. Yeah. I think I, I like massage therapy because I can I can just be quiet for like I don't I don't know, I like stand up, but it's it's nice to have the opposite where I don't have to talk and I don't have to sure. hear someone talk as well. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to You must to just, have some good jokes about that too. I've never talked about it actually in stand up. I think part of it is because oh. people look everyone has a day job and I've met some like really big comics that have some sort of like side business or something especially mm-hmm. if you have a house to pay off like you have to have some sort of side business but a Cam lot of tell, Cam, you should tell them your uh massage uh incident what happened with you oh it's the best yeah this could be very good fodder for both of you guys and your stand-up back because I, it was so hilarious this is something i have a question about uh-huh. I, <laughs> is it right is it common that people get erections during massages yeah so it's actually, and it has nothing to do, the problem is, is that they're, um, with massages increasing the blood flow. So most people get erections during a massage. If they're not, it has nothing to do with sexual arousal. It's just that there, there's so much blood flow going on that it brings blood to that area. Mm-hmm. And most people get an erection during a massage. Yeah. Well, for me, I think just f- physical touch in, in that area, <laughs> like anywhere near my penis is going to cause me an erection. Yeah, and it's so I it's so awkward because like obviously like when I do I don't talk but I uh so I have to kind of keep my gay a little bit like you know what I mean like kind of like <laughs> close it off a little bit because especially when I have like because I have a lot of like athletic like uh, athletes that are male and oh. they'll get an erection and sometimes they feel so embarrassed about it and I'm just awkwardly like you know. <laughs> Looking, not looking. Not looking. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, as a therapist, like I, there's nothing sexual about it. Like it's, I'm usually like, they don't ask for happy endings. I've had that happen, but I cut off myself. Like I see people at in a therapeutic sense. Like I don't see yeah. anyone in a, you know, what I mean, in a sexual sense. Yeah, yeah, like, because yeah. oh, has that ever? So that's never happened where someone tries to come on to you or. Vice oh, that's first. happened all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. And you just say fuck no. <laughs> um. I, Ooh. this is probably bad. I, for a while, cause there's my first job was kind of sketchy. Well, first of all, my first job, I finally found out there's a site called rubmaps.com. <laughs> That's where you were working. You didn't realize it. No, it's a place. <laughs> it's a website that you can look up and it's like the Yelp of happy endings. Whoa. And I didn't realize that the place that I worked at was listed under this site. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and they have some really high end spas that are on this site. And they're like, if you, the problem is if one person does happy endings at a spa, 
that spot can be listed on RubMaps. So for now, any place that I go to work at, like I make sure that they're not listed on RubMaps because oh, that's why God. you get those type of creepers because they get off on it. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so it's a Yelp of, so I, I, I didn't. I gotta write that down. Rub map. Are you looking for a spa that specializes well, in rubber? you never know when you need a rub map. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You knew that but was the craziest thing is you'll like look on it and you're like, I had no idea so many people like give happy endings. Like yep. there's so many pl- and everywhere. Like you could just walk out the, and there's just a map of like, and around the corner, there's places like, you know, like the ones that charge like a hundred and something dollars an hour. Yeah. These like high end places, you can have one person that goes into work there. Like one person that charges that does happy endings and then the the business gets marked on there because someone got a happy ending from this website and writes a review about it. Okay, so what happens? The guy so or first of all, have you ever given a happy ending? No. Okay. And so when someone comes and tries to solicit a happy ending, how do they usually do it? Um, like I had one guy that's like he's like, Do you like to whisper? And I was like, No. <laughs> and he's just like, I would like it if you whispered to me while you touched me. And I was just like, no. Um, (laughs) And I just learned, like, because I I had to work this job before I found a new one. I just would dig my elbow as hard into them as possible. And I was like, listen, if you don't want me to go any, like, if you don't want me to hurt you, then you better shut up (laughs) and and just enjoy the massage. Like, I'm not doing that. Holy shit. This was my first job because I didn't know better. And, you know, and they said, like, they wouldn't let us... The, the manager was a dick and it was like, you, if, if anyone, uh, you know, asks for a happy, like you can't end the massage, whatever you do, we have to make our money. We have to make our money. So you don't have to do anything, but you can't. Now the places that I work, I turn off the lights and say, I'm calling the police and like going to sue you for sexual assault. Or, you know, I say something like some big threat. And, well, solicitation or something. Yeah, and make them run out. Um, but back then, I the place that I worked at, the manager was just like, was like, well, you have to continue the massage. We need our money. So I would have to sit there and just still... The worst Were they I, women or men? Both. I had one woman that came in on ecstasy. Whoa. And I just ah. knew she was... Like, I knew it because when she turned over, she tucked the sheets under her breast and started, like, twirling around her nipples. <laughs> Wow. And I'm there massaging her neck. I'm there (laughs) massaging her neck, just like trying to look up, avoiding eye contact. Just like. Was she good looking? She was good looking, yeah. She was a tiny, like 30 year old um, little Asian woman, really sweet, but just like you could tell was on some sort of drugs, like as soon as she came in. Holy shit. How, How frequently does this happen? My first job, it happened a lot because it's on rub maps. But now, <laughs> yeah, now were you it doesn't. special requested on that first job? Now Did you notice doesn't... that there was a line out the door for you and you didn't know why? No, and it wasn't just me. Everyone dealt with it. Jesus Christ. Uh, everyone dealt with it and we didn't know why. And it was because one girl <laughs> that worked there was doing happy endings. And then she, another girl started. And we were like, why are we getting so many creepers here? We were like, at first, we were like, business is great. Like, we are all fully booked. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Business is great, right? Yeah. That and then fun. all these creepers came in. And uh, I just, I, I had to leave. I realized the manager was in on it and uh, was just trying to make extra money. But also, I was kind of like, like, this girl was doing it for maybe like $20 extra. Like $20, like extra tip. And I'm just like, 
Really? Like, oh my god, who had to clean up after her? I don't know. <laughs> they had one issue where one girl she apparently didn't change the sheets. Oh no. No. <laughs> and then another girl went over to take over her room and the client went and laid on the sheets. Oh wow, it's a little extra oil there. Oh, <laughs> God. That's what she did. She was like, Holy "I'm so shit. sorry. I think that I spilt lotion on this the the table beforehand." That's what she said to the client, oh, which no. she knew. Oh no! Oh no! That is not lotion. <laughs> I do have to say, this place is closed down now. Like it's okay. not functioning. I I was gonna. I didn't know what to do. Like if I should call the police and let them know like what's going on. But I just like on, I got a new job and ran. I was like, I'm not deal. I worked there for like four months and like ran. It, it didn't give you a clue when the name of the place was called Happy Endings. No, and it was like it looked like a legit massage clinic. Like there was no signs that this was happening until like we and it there was a shift. Like there was a shift when I first started, and then like two months later when all these weirdos came in and it was so booked and busy and I was like, what's going on? It's because of Veronica. Fucking Veronica. Veronica was was doing the dirty. (laughs) All right, well, I did not solicit a happy ending for anyone. In fact, I had the Uh opposite. First of all, how old were you? I must have been 21. No, yeah. I think you were a teenager. Really? I don't think it was that long ago. It was like five years ago. Maybe it was last week. (laughs) Okay, so here's Uh what ends up happening. My mother decides she's going to give me a massage for a Hanukkah present. No, I'm not giving you a massage. I gave you a gift certificate. A gift certificate to a massage. She's not giving me the massage. Yeah, that's much much more disgusting. So, okay, my, but, but she decides Especially she... Especially with the ensuing story, you need to, you need to this is, articulate Yeah, this is a critical, exactly this is a critical note. My mother gives me a gift certificate to get a massage. Okay. She decides she wants to get a massage at the same time as me. Not we, in the same room, though. Let's clarify all these things. Okay, okay, we got it. No one's assuming we're getting a massage in the same yeah, room. Yeah, so you guys are just getting massages we, at the same time. I was going to go get a massage. She's like, oh, I'll get one, too. So we both go at the same time. We go clearly separate rooms. Yes. So I I have had maybe one or two massages in my life before this one. So And I'm not that sexually active. Uh-huh. So any physical touch, especially... Especially near my penis, uh-huh. is gonna is gonna excite. Was your therapist a woman or a man? It was a woman. Okay. Wait, so can you describe her? She was a very heavy set black woman, and around she, how old? She, her name was Melody. She must yeah. have been thirty-five, probably. Okay. She must have been good at her job. She's great. It was a great massage. Yeah. But I start having a nervous breakdown in 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 the in the massage because I know it starts off on my stomach and I know she's going to ask me to turn over and I'm like, oh god, is this? What if I have an erection? This is gonna this is gonna be disastrous. But you didn't jerk off beforehand. No, that's that's your problem. Is like if I get a massage, <laughs> I jer- just in case. You know what I mean? Like, I had no idea. You this had no idea a, that there's any blood I, flow. I still have never thought of that. And and this is a brilliant tip. Yeah. No, but just because you don't want anything that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a good way to, like, shut it down. But most people that, like, they get, like, most guys get an erection. Like, it's a normal thing. 
oh my god well here's what ends up happening uh-huh. I, I, I she I, she goes okay now now turn over and I go I, and I I I like start hyperventilating and I'm like I, I just I I'm having a little anxiety right now because I'm I, I I'm afraid that if I turn over I'm gonna have an erection and is it is it common for guys to get to get an erection and she she goes what and I go, is it, is it, you and I'm trying, told her that I'm, I'm trying to be really calm about it. And, and, that, and, and that terminology. And I'm, trying, I'm also trying to be quiet because my mom is probably in the room next door, I'm imagining, and can hear all this and, shit. The thing, the place is silent. So I'm going, <laughs> is it, and, and I actually didn't want to tell her I have an erection. I was trying to just say, is it common that people get an erection? Your male clients get an erection when you're massaging them. <laughs> and she's going, what, what? And then finally go, you know, if they get aroused and she goes, oh, you got a chubby? And she starts <laughs> screaming. And I was like, yeah, is, is that common? Is that, is that all right? She goes, oh, yeah, if you don't touch me, would it? <laughs> oh, my God. And then, and then I go, is, 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 do, do most of your clients do this? And she goes, well, not the older ones. <laughs> It was so uncomfortable. No, it's so – and this is the oh, weird – Oh, and I come out afterwards, and I'm, like, feeling very relaxed. I look at Cam, and he's white as a ghost. I'm like, what? you look like he went through the, a war or something. His hair was sticking up on ends. He was white as a ghost. Like, he had, he was freaked out. It was not and good. Goes, it was horrible. I can't – not good. Not good at all. He was mortified. He, he like, talk about being ashamed. Oh, my God. Is, I didn't know what to, I couldn't but do it. But I like how she reacted because she's, like, so used to it. Like, she does <laughs> yeah. not give a fuck. She didn't care at all. You were, like, the third so person like, that day that dealt with that. But, she, but the way she said, he's saying erection. And oh. she's like, you got a woody. <laughs> you got a chubby. Yeah, you got I a can't. chubby. Because she's over it. She's dealt, like, I've dealt with this so And every guy's, like, freaked out. And I'm just like, I, I just want to go home right now. Like, I'm... Also, I, I, I'm usually, like, a little stoned, like, when I massage people, so. Oh. I, no, just because, like, I, it's so boring. Like, it's so <laughs> boring. You know what? That, that is a really good idea, though, because sometimes I'll get a little stoned before, I, like, I'll give a massage to my boyfriend, and it makes me, like, get into the massage because I'm, like, stoned, well, and I'm listening to people are like, can you I, concentrate oh. this entire session on this one night and, like, not in my back? I'm like, yes, I am stoned as shit right now, like. <laughs> Focusing on one thing for 60 minutes, I can do that. Um, that's, yeah, most, I don't know, that's, I give so much better massages, like, a little bit high, but, yeah, I think she didn't care, and that's so funny, though, that you were so embarrassed by it, oh. though, like, and traumatized. Yes, I mean, I, yeah. I, but that's probably, she deals with that every single day, is someone like you saying something like that, like, she deals with that every single day, and it's just blood flow, like, it's nothing to do with you. Next, so I think everyone knows this now after this podcast is before you go in for a massage, you have to masturbate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Noted. Now that, That's does huge. Does this applies to girls too? I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> they have a different... Oh, God. I Here's a horror story. I once... <laughs> there, I had a Jewish mother that came in with her, like, 18-year-old son or whatever that was like... He got an erection. Wait, this is the worst story I could, t- I could ever tell. This, like, this is great. No, this okay. is horrible. So the kid got an erection, and he's obviously, like, a straight kid, and, like, I don't, I, you know, like, I just, I don't, I'm, 
I'm stoned. I don't care. I want to be go home and eat potato chips and sit with my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. So he has an erection and he's freaking out about, and I'm like working on his legs because he's an athlete and needed leg workout. And he like came like without doing Like he was just sitting there and just like, I just saw like, I just saw something like, I just noticed that there was like wet triplets and was just like, I was shot, and then it was just like, we're not going to work on your legs anymore. Like, we're going to oh focus. That and is he's hilarious. So, I could tell this kid is straight. Like, he just, like, probably has a overbearing mom and hasn't been touched in ever. And was just probably <laughs> traumatized. Oh, tra- I'm sure. That- oh, he's probably questioned. And did he know that you were gay? No, like, I don't, I have to go in to massage a guy and be like, suck. You know what I mean? Like, I have to, like, <laughs> bro it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Well, like, I, I, I just think he's probably mortified and I would, I was mortified for him. I was like, this poor kid is going to be traumatized for the next three years Certainly. because of this. He's and his mom's outside the waiting room. Like, Oh, Jesus. He's going to think, he, he's definitely going to question whether or not he's gay. Yeah. He's definitely I, is. But, so, so this is interesting that you're able to say like he's straight, but he came when you were touching him. And- yeah, he was. This, I think he was asleep or something. I don't. I don't know what happened. Like, because he was just you know I was massaging him and I just noticed that there. Because I I didn't even notice. I just noticed that there was like liquid in that general area. Oh gosh! And then was just but like, okay, I'm be, moving away from fantasizing. Me. He could have been fantasizing about a woman. I don't think even. he was. I look. I mean, I was then moved on to his, you know, because I massaged his neck, so I was near his face, and I just he, you could tell he was mortified. Oh, and I was mortified for him. I was like, oh. you poor kid, man, you poor kid. I'm sure the worst is having him be like. Then I had to like lean on his mom's like, how's the massage? And he just <laughs> like. <laughs> I think he said something like "leave a good tip, mom" or something oh like that. Oh my god! Leave a good tip. It's it's called hush money. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I don't know. I would much rather deal with that situation though than someone who's old. Like I had an old man like pee in the middle of the massage, oh, no. or like no. people who haven't bathed. No. Uh, what do you do if someone hasn't bathed? Do you like gag? I used to gag. Now I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Like there's a, cause the place I work at now we have a shower and I'm like, you have to shower. Like I can't deal with this. <laughs> I, I once got yelled at by a masseuse because I was in Vegas and you know, you're at the pool and you know, I had a massage scheduled in the middle of the day. Uh-huh. So I went from the pool. I had already put lotion on everything. So I go, took a, took a shower, but not like scrubbed down. I just took a quick rinse and I went in to get the massage. And this woman, like in halfway through, she's like, are you wearing suntan lotion? I'm like, uh, maybe I, you know, I took a shower, but maybe there's some residual. I'm definitely allergic to suntan oil. And I'm like, what? And she goes, you have to leave right now. I'm like, what the fuck? Why wouldn't you like, if you were allergic to suntan lotion, wouldn't you like make it like clear to people before you're working at, at a, a place? Also, you pool? could not be a massage therapist if you're allergic to suntan lotion. <laughs> yeah crazy thing i felt so guilty after that. i'm like oh my god i could have put this you person in shock. <laughs> okay so i, I want to get back to the the kid who came welcome while you were massaging <laughs> so <laughs> this is so and then the way that like the kid who came, like, <laughs> the kid who came i'm wait. like so like oh this isn't what i did like 
So oh, how, and, and it kind of ties into what we were talking about at the beginning. How does someone know if they're gay? Like you said, you experimented with girls and then you moved on to guys, obviously. How would this kid know that he's not gay if he came while you were... Um, I think he probably just fig- it's, it's a preference. And I think a lot of people are on some sort of spectrum. Like, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's weird, especially the newest, like, the newest age of kids are so much more, like, experimenting with each other and just, Absolutely. like... Absolutely. Yeah, I think people have a preference. And I think some, like, there's sometimes I'm drunk and attracted to girls. And that just, like, now a lot less than normal. But when I was, like, a kid and every little thing that you do or, you know what I mean? Like, you get touched and you're, you know what I mean? Like you're just that's just being a kid so i think that and i mean when i say kid i mean like 18 to even like 23 like you're still just very hyper you're just your hormones are different especially guys that are like i was a late bloomer so yeah i think it's just you realize like this is my preference Mm. so you aren't one of these that i mean granted you were very repressed but you did not know early on that you preferred men or guys. I just knew I was effeminate. Like, I knew I was effeminate and liked girly stuff, but I was so sexually repressed that there mm-hmm. was no way. I, I, I had to look at, I didn't really know what vaginas looked like. You know, and then I, I think I remember seeing them as an adult and being like, nope, not. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, not doing that. I, when you were growing up, it wasn't like at all like apparent that like you like you'd watch TV and you'd be like, oh, that's a cute guy, or versus you know, oh, that's not. I I wouldn't. I mean, well, I grew up so strict. I remember accidentally watching an episode of The Simpsons growing up and my family freaking out about it because they thought it was such an evil show. Well, but so you weren't allowed to watch certain TV. I shows. didn't watch TV most of it growing up, and. uh I remember even my family, there was a huge ordeal of me watching the Brady Bunch growing up because the dad was gay and I think died of AIDS or he died of AIDS. So they're like, oh, he's going to pick that up. You know, like (laughs) I was so sexually repressed that I just didn't check out girls or guys. We we should uh, start wrapping this up because we said we're going to finish around this time. But I had two quick questions. Okay. How did your religious views change from the realization that they... You can, like you we want to know, did, did you did you convert to Judaism? I I wish I did. No, I went from being um, very hyper Christian to being Buddhist to just not having any beliefs at all. Oh wow! I I just I don't even have a religion in my life right now. Like I have very spiritual practices. I like to meditate. I like to do um, like I have you know mantras. I sometimes give myself, but. Uh, has a belief i just i feel like i'm just comfortable with just not knowing Mm. which is really hard to like to wrap your head around but just being comfortable with being like well i don't really know what's going to happen with that when i die and i won't know until that happens Mm. i feel like death for me i think it will be a lot like birth where it's like you know how you remember how you were born like i think that's kind of what exactly how i feel what you're what's going to be like when you die yeah, you yeah. didn't know what it was like then. It wasn't so bad. So how bad can it be when you die? Yeah, exactly. Huh? Hey, we got kindred spirits here, there, Chris. Yeah, I think I think when people people are so, I think the idea of a, um, an afterlife is really horrible for society because it makes people mistreat the earth that we have now. It makes people mistreat people 
Good point. Yeah. Um, now, and I feel like it, it's just a horrible type of viewpoint. So you kind of have to view this moment as ex- like as eternal and mm. and just really have a respect. I think you have to have a respect that everything is fleeting. Relationships, um, careers, your life, your youth, everything dies. And you just have to have kind of a comfort that everything goes away. So this sounds very much like impermanence in Buddhism. Yeah, I, I guess say, so. That sounds very Buddhist to me. But so, yeah, it's I a philo- I mean, a philosophy. I just, but at the same time, I don't want to follow that religion specifically and say I'm, you know what I mean? Because there's also things that, um, I guess I could say I'm atheist in the approach that, though, I just don't believe in a God, though, too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Okay, so hey, I, I don't understand. You said that you weren't in the upper level classes at school, but you're extremely bright. <laughs> I was never. I couldn't focus. I was just so scared and so like freaked out by everything that I couldn't focus. But the, I couldn't take tests. Horrible at taking so tests. Do, so do you have ADHD or ADD that's untreated? Maybe I. I think the biggest thing is I had humongous test anxiety. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. it came to More actually. When it came to actually that, and then when anytime I had to write a paper, I think I'd piss anyone off. Like anytime I had to write a paper where I had an opinion, I would piss whoever the teacher was mm-hmm. off because my paper wouldn't be about Jesus. <laughs> you know? All right, so and let's move on because we really have to wrap up. But the you you have a very funny bit about monogamy and how you feel because you're in a monogamous relationship right now that you are kind of an outsider. It's so interesting. I so I have a bit about how like how there's so many gay relationships that are open because I think gays because we haven't had to deal with the heteronormal relationships, they you know have been like okay, well we don't have to be monog, you know what I mean? Like we don't have to set, we don't have to follow out, you know all these rules right, that other people. Right. And some people that works for some people. I'm very traditional and. I had a bit that my boyfriend and I, like, we will have to talk about our monogamy almost like it's like a fetish around our friends because there's so many of them are in open relationships. And it also makes it so weird like because, yeah, or someone like hit on my boyfriend <laughs> and be like, oh no, but this is my boyfriend. And they'll be like, so? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so that's many so people wild. that are in open relationships. Um, do you think that's particular to like Los Angeles or do you think that's in general? Both. I think... People in big cities, not just gay couples, but in general, I know a lot of straight people that are in open relationships. They're just a lot more quiet about it. Mm -hmm. But I know just, I would say actually I know just as many straight couples that have tried open relationships as I have gay couples. Mm. The gay couples are just more open about it. Mm. That's so go on. So, so what goes on in your bit with the, um, well, I just say like, we, we usually had to talk about it. Like, you know, and my boyfriend now, we still will have to talk a little bit less, but like we'll have to talk about it. Like it's a fetish around some people because they look. Da- there are some people who are in open relationships that look down upon people who are monogamous. Like, Whoa. how are you going to be? Mon- you know what I mean? Like that's such an outdated, antiquated way of thinking is monogamy. Wow. Um, for me and my boyfriend, we're both very. You know, it has nothing to do with tradition. We're just super jealous. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, so you know what? Jealous. You have to know that about yourself. You have to know that because you can't be in an open relationship if you're jealous of the guy who even looks at someone else. So you're not going to be real comfortable with him fucking somebody We're else. We're so jealous, and I think it's the best thing that has happened to both of our sex lives is jealousy. 
Oh, like, wow. I know that sounds really odd, but the fact that we both want to be with each other exclusively and we don't want anyone looking at anyone else has made our sex lives much better because we have to do things to, like, we're like, oh, well, we have to fucking make it hot because I, like, I know I have to yeah. make it hot for my man because I don't want him fucking looking at anyone else. Hmm. So, yeah. and I think he feels the same way about that. There's also, it's really odd when he's, when he's jealous uh, like I get turned on, like I'm super excited that he's jealous and he gets super excited. Cause there's like a possessiveness. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird how jealousy can actually be a good thing in a relationship when it's discussed and when it, when very it's very wise, very wise. Yeah. When it's used proper, like when it's, when it's open to jealousy and when it's proper. Now there's jealousy, like talking, like, I don't want you hanging with your best friend. Like no, that's obviously no. not. No, but, yeah, like my my boyfriend was hit up last night by another guy, like at two a.m. and was like, "I just saw your Facebook profile and you looked really hot, and I saw you're going to this event. I'm going to this event, and I got so jealous because he was really good looking, <laughs> and my boyfriend was so turned on that I was jealous. Like he <laughs> yeah. liked that I was possessive and had that primal instinct. So I think yeah, it's like got it's sort of animal like, and it's like I think people associate love and you know touchy feely affection with this other side of sexual, you know, the sexual like tension and, and, um, aggressiveness. And, and they're not always consistent with each other. Cause I'm reading a book on that right now, yeah. Moody in captivity. And it's, it, it's, it, that's the, that's a, something that you're pretty wise to figure out. I think anything, anything, any negative thing can be turned into a positive jealousy can turn into this positive possessiveness. That's a good thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than something that enable that, doesn't enable him or, you know, whatever. We use it as a thing that reminds us of how much we love each other and how possessive we are in trouble with each other, with each other. And it, it just makes us, uh, it makes us closer in a weird way. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, my boyfriend, and I used to like play a game with each other. Like which one of us are going to get picked up first. We'd be in like a bar or something. And we're like, who do you think is going to get picked up first? It was like, and, you know, and there's a jealousy that's going to go on innately to that whole little game. But that game was a big turn on. You know what I mean? Oh, I won't let him play that game. <laughs> well, I mean, it was. Just I would a game cut. It, I will cut someone. <laughs> he sees me get so jealous, and then he's so happy because he knows that he's you know number one. So it like makes him really happy. But like, I will cut someone if they if they try to come. And it's so bad because he is. He's very. He's so. My boyfriend's so attractive, and he he's just also very flirtatious. So like. Not flirtatious, but just very nice and very, so people, per, you know, presume that as flirtatious. So yeah. he always gets picked up where I'm always like, wah, wah, like in the corner, <laughs> just trying not to vomit on myself because I'm so awkward. So he always gets hit on. And, and what's your bit? What's your bit with the porn? That that was really funny. It was in your stand up. I forget. I haven't done that. And so, cause it offended people for some reason. Well, the, just that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying that people like look down on porn stars because you have to get fucked in front of people and lose your dignity. And I was just like, that's just having a job. Like every <laughs> job you're getting fucked in front of people for money. Like that's just how jobs work. And well, I don't, no. yeah, I don't want to do porn, but at the same time, I don't like when people look down on porn stars. Yeah. My mother feels oh. the same. Yeah. Oh, I totally feel the same. She but but, uh... but you're also <laughs> traditional. Like you, I think you're quite, it's weird because you're kind of like me where it's like you have some traditional views, but when people are looked down on for having non-traditional views. I don't like that either. Like, I'm just yeah. like, let right. people, let people do their thing. 
Yeah. The the porn bit that I liked was when you said something about um, we're weird. You know, like we're the porn we'd have would be like monogamous. Porn. You know, like oh you, like, yeah, yeah. Like if we like if I sing it like a monogamy, like it would just be yeah. key, two like two people just like slowly losing interest in each other or something <laughs> like that. That would be monogamy. Yeah, that was it. That was but, the bit. It was so very if, funny. If people wanted to check out more of your work, where can they find you? They can go on Instagram. Your mom's gonna hate me after no, this. No, she's gonna fucking love this shit. I'm gonna. I I need it. Let's get. It, I'll get a picture of you at the end of this. But I have an Instagram account where I post uh, selfies of my butt next to like I Photoshop my butt next to things. So like I have my like a Photoshop of my butt next to the presidential debate or ridiculous things. He's got like twenty three thousand followers. Yeah. Well, why? Why would I not? love that why am i why it's would ridiculous I not like oh are you yeah kidding? that's right on my own but you can look up it's tinder this is i have the worst name it's tinder chris tinder t-e-n-d-e-r chris not uh, tinder tinder tender. tender yeah yeah tender okay. like tender. Southern i don't know why i chose that as my i think it was the only word in front of chris that was available <laughs> on like all the social media accounts so i was like this is ridiculous and horrible so i'm choosing this yeah. one um, Tinder Chris. Yeah, Tinder Chris. Well, he'll show you my Instagram, I'll, and I'll put it in the, put, the, the details yeah. in the description box for this yeah. episode. And before you go, we have to take a photo of all three of us. Yeah, I'll absolutely. take a selfie. Well, what about? I, I definitely think you should promote your your stand up on the YouTube channel because that's really funny. Oh yeah, you can look up Chris Bryant stand up or Christopher Smith Bryant stand up as well. well. Okay, we'll put the we'll put that in the description box. Yeah. All right. Well, thank so you for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my God, you are awesome. It's yeah. super fun. going to have to have you on again because that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a lovely interview with Chris Bryant. Very funny stand-up comic. Really bright guy, by the way. Just He's super, super smart. Great guy, too. I really like him. Of course, I want to be friends with him, too, when I come to L.A. I mean, you know, I, I was leaving. I, I was leaving the uh, interview and he goes, by the way, let me know when your round comes in town. I want to take her to all the gay bars. Oh, I'm so there. I'm yeah. going. The I'm other so thing there. he said, the other thing he said was that uh, I asked him if he got jealous, if his boyfriend ever got jealous because he's putting all these pictures of his ass on Instagram. And he said that his boyfriend definitely does get jealous, but oh, yeah. it's worth the views. He's got a cute ass, too. He's got a cute ass, according to my mother. He's got a cute ass, and he and he, and I, t- I got a sneak peek, and he's got a multitude of different pairs of, of tidy whities, but they're not tidy whities. They're, they're not tidy whities. They're underwears. Underwear. But they're, they're, they're briefs. They're, they're briefs. They're very brief briefs. I think there might be one of us with his ass on there, too. When this um, episode airs, I know I can't believe he'd be like not wanting to air, thinking that I wouldn't want to air that. Of course, I want to air that picture. It's a great picture. <laughs> it's going to be on my Instagram too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. And Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and 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 our website is really coming along. We're working on it and I think you guys should check it out. Actually, can I say I'm going to give you the credit on this. You have really taken this website under your own wing and if you go to sextalkwithmymom.com right now, you will see all of my mother's awesome creative work. Yeah, I I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing most of the time, but if you sign up and send us a message, you'll be on our email list, which would be great because that way we can never lose contact. Also, you can call into our hotline, which is 323 323- Four seven two four two three seven. That's three two three. 
472-4237. Did you forget the first, the, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second part of that I number? Was really bad on those memory tests. But yeah, you guys call in. And the reason we have this hotline, besides getting weird, weird sexual fetish stuff about eating and drinking excrement, um, we really want to hear from you and want to know what you think of the show. And if you have some questions or comments, just bring them on because then we'll be able to address them in the show. We'd really like to hear from you guys. That's absolutely right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, bye. Spread the love. Like oh, like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash sextalkwithmom. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.